Hello and welcome to episode 16 of Because I've Lost Control of My Life, the official podcast of The Potty Trained. I am the one guy, and with me is the other guy! Yeah, I got potty trained too. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, other guy? I- I'm good, I'm good. <laughs> almost. <laughs> I-, I was gonna say I almost got killed at work this week, but not literally. <laughs> <laughs> I meant it was a rough week. <laughs> Damn. I was hoping you're gonna have a story about like barrels full of toxic waste falling near you or something. <laughs> Got steamrolled by <laughs> barrels full of uh, medical <laughs> chemicals. What most people don't know is that Adam is the only Oompa Loompa not the, the, <laughs> the only non Oompa Loompa to work for <laughs> Willy Wonka. <laughs> Well, actually, what people don't know is that he is an Oompa Loompa. What people don't know is that I'm the only Oompa Loompa that looks like a regular person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you do have a vague orange tint, though. <laughs> That's my liver. <laughs> You've gone beyond yellow and orange. Oh, man. So work almost killed you, huh? It was rough. Yeah. <laughs> Any uh, progress on taking some kind of healing journey to the mountains? (laughs) Only that I've (laughs) convinced myself to stop convincing myself that I'm getting better on my own. Yeah. Well, you said before we uh, started recording that you got a massage. How was that? Um, it was the worst one so far. Like (laughs) my regular, my regular masseuse was out. Macaulay Culkin. uh, (laughs) Yeah, Macaulay Culkin. (laughs) I scheduled it with a. another person that was supposed to do firm pressure and like I scheduled a stretch session before uh, <laughs> this stretch session was with some weird guy <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the uh, massage. Uh, I don't know. She didn't have firm pressure. I mean, not that that's a deal breaker, but uh, it was either light or medium, but she kept me in the same position the whole time. And from my shoulders being in that position, like for an hour, they cramped up and hurt worse than when I went oh, in. Oh, God. Yeah. And that sucks if you're trying to get like a deep pressure or deep tissue mas- massage, whatever the fuck you want to say. Like you you really, really want like someone who's going to jam their thumbs like through to your bones. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like crush my muscles until they're nice and flat all over. I got to take you to Turkey and take you to a Turkish bath, man. You get beat up. By yeah. A Turkish guy. You need an old hairy Turkish man wearing nothing but a towel to fix you. <laughs> Is that what happened to you? Yeah, and everyone. So far, I haven't let them touch my glutes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Last time I felt an ass like this, Eisenhower was president. Ah, holy crap! (laughs) (laughs) That was a Mission Hill reference for you folks out there who haven't listened to it yet or watched it. you Philistines. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Who don't acknowledge that it's the greatest unsung cartoon maybe ever. He says the same thing about my ass. Yeah, why are we doing a Mission Hill podcast? Oh, that's right, because it's only 13 episodes. <laughs> you said, why are we doing one? You're right. We should just do one. <laughs> that was a Freudian slip. <laughs> I, th- I think I'm just not good at pronouncing things. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to talk. What are you drinking there, sir? You alcoholic. A yingling. A yingling lager. Yeah. A lager. (laughs) A lager. Oh, boy. So, uh, second couple of segments from season two, uh, or second episode would be the easier way to say it. Not like an idiot like I just did. 
So what did we watch? Uh, first thing we watched was Chucky versus the Potty, uh, written by Joe Ansalaba here, without Steve Vixton, who he usually writes with. And then the second one we watched was Together at Last. And that one was written by Jonathan Greenberg, who wrote many good episodes of Rugrats. I didn't list any specifics because we haven't watched them yet. Um, And he also wrote for Arthur Arthur and Hey Arnold. Interesting. Arthur, is that like he's like an aardvark or something like that? Yeah, he's like a weird looking aardvark with a flat faced good luck eating ants dummy. (laughs) I, I was randomly like I told you I was rewatching Beavis and Butthead and I randomly got recommended in in, in uh, a clip from Arthur the Aardvark where it had some characters that were obvious parodies of Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> it was like like I don't remember what they were. I think one's name was Nuthead, but they were at like some kind of like school school function or something. And then the, the obvious Beavis and Butthead parody was being Beavis and Butthead. Hey, look, it's the fifth Teletubby. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of funny how much uh, that has infiltrated other shows, such as this Rugrats podcast. And it's infiltrating <laughs> our youngest children. Yeah. <laughs> now it's just in there to uh, amuse adults who have to, you know, deal with it around their kids watching <laughs> Arthur for 16 hours a day. <laughs> Oh, man, my my uh, my friend Chubbs has a kid and he discovered that he really, really likes Dragon Ball. And yeah, so he's been watching the original series from the beginning and he just calls it Goku. He doesn't call it (laughs) Dragon Ball. It's just let's watch Goku. And he says literally it's just on constantly and like nothing else. Is it the early episodes or is he watching Dragon Ball Z? The original Dragon Ball, yeah, like okay. when Goku's a kid. So there's, yeah. a, there's a lot of Goku feeling up women because he can't tell the difference without touching their chunk. <laughs> <laughs> is that actually a thing? Yeah, he's really <laughs> dumb. He's, he grew up like in the woods with his grandpa, and that was in quotes. And then his grandpa died, and then he was just alone. So he doesn't know <laughs> the difference between men or women. So he wasn't raised by Master Roshi? No, uh, well, I mean, he was like kind of a kid whenever he went to train under Master Roshi, but yeah. uh, he lived by himself in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> he had to feel up ladies because Akira Toriyama is a pervert. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, Master Roshi wanted uh, <laughs> him to bring a hot lady. <laughs> Goku just kept dragging anybody. <laughs> He's like, I-, I won't train you unless you bring me a beautiful woman. <laughs> Master Roshi is like the biggest sex pervert of Dragon Ball Z and Dragon Ball. And that's a show full of sex perverts. In the latest uh, series, the Dragon Ball Super, he had to train himself to not be distracted by women (laughs) so that he could fight. Oh, my God. He actually became useful on that show again, too. I know I've seen bits and pieces of it, and it seemed like he actually could fight enemies and not be completely useless. Because I know Dragon Ball Z got to a point where if you weren't like a Super Saiyan level 97, you were basically an ant. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, <laughs> they all, all the useless characters started hanging out at Master Roshi's house, <laughs> and they just show up every once in a while. Yeah, I, I have a vague memory of a clip of Yamcha just being like, I'm not doing this. He's like, fuck this. I'm not going to fight anymore or something. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not good. (laughs) Hopefully he just said, fuck this. Just because I want somebody in Dragon Ball Z to say, fuck this. Anyway, back to the baby show. (laughs) (laughs) The show for slightly younger babies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, in Chucky versus the Potty, Chucky gets a harsh dose of reality when he learns that his poop has a certain place it needs to go. And he is now (laughs) responsible for getting it there. (laughs) 
And now that Chaz has given up on teaching him how to use the potty, <laughs> it falls to Stu or Didi and Stu to become the cruel enforcers of social norms. <laughs> I just love Chaz's entrance into this episode where he's like, it can't be done, Dee Dee. It just can't be done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good stuff. And we do start with uh, something established in season one, and that is a close up. Not necessarily in the same great detail as season one episodes, but it's Tommy playing with the toilet paper and laughing. <laughs> This is probably the image in my mind that I conjured up when I did the spaghetti scene in the in my parody episode. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> tell me it was spaghetti instead of toilet paper. So, yeah, that's it's it's kind of funny. Dee Dee finds Tommy and says, no, 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 that's for cleaning up messes and drags him back downstairs where Phil and Lil are, are having a tug of war fight, sort of a preview of the, the segment after this. <laughs> and it's just like unending. And Dee Dee's like, now share you two. And there's just <laughs> no acknowledgement from them. And the only thing that stops them is Tommy pulling up the little head of the robot or whatever it is, which goes yeah. running. Now share you two. That must be Charles. I like the design of the potty where you like have to shit in the clown nose. <laughs> <laughs> yes, when Chaz brings Chucky over, he also brings the potty. And we get a great frame at the end of the episode with the potty, which we get. We will get to that. But um, I love that as soon as the babies see this thing, they're just like instantly like, what the fuck is this thing? Tommy's like, <laughs> maybe it's a hat. No, then what's the rest for? Maybe it's a big mush bowl. And I love that he sits down inside of it. Like, and he somehow fits inside of it. Yeah, he puts the uh, lid on his head and he uh, <laughs> crams himself down inside. And it looks like a hairy lump coming out of the pot. <laughs> Tommy's like lumpy potato head. Did you ever have a special little potty when you were potty training? Do you remember? I just had one of the little white ones. Yeah, I had like a little white one and like it had a little guard in the front. That like came up. So if you peed it like block, like if you didn't hold your 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 wee wee down into <laughs> down into the bowl, you would pee and hit this guard and knock it back into the bowl. Uh, OK, I, I just I'm fancy just one. I'm jealous minded of a bow tie on it <laughs> or a clown. So what you're saying is you you uh, your toilets, you prefer them to be very formal. Yeah. <laughs> with bow ties. Yeah. Bow ties. No clown makeup. <laughs> <laughs> what if you had an E.T. toilet? Oh god. <laughs> what part of the ET do you poop into? It's when it's screaming, his mouth is open wide, and it's got huge eyes. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah. And the, so, uh, and the and the and the pl the the uh flusher, whatever it's called, uh the the I wanna say plunger, it's not the plunger, the uh the handle, whatever. It's E.T.'s arm, like his long, <laughs> thin arm. <laughs> it's his finger, and you press it, and he goes, ouch. <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> and it starts glowing finger. Anyway, back to the show. <laughs> we can't yeah. resist talking about shitting in E.T.'s mouth. 
<laughs> Dee Dee was very condescending to Chaz when she said yeah. never potty trained any baby before. <laughs> She's like, oh. I now listen, Charles. I've been reading all about potty training and lip shits, and it's really quite simple. It can't be that hard. I've read all the books on it. <laughs> Doctor, the lip shits on it. I gotta say, also, I love Chaz's worrying here. When he for it starts off relatively normal. Doty diddy earthworms, <laughs> which is something that happened in the first season. Well, Chucky didn't exactly eat them. <laughs> we had the famous. Don't drink burp. any nuclear waste. <laughs> the breathe that he noxious fumes. Bye, Charles. Or my goodness, what a worry board. <laughs> and then Dee just like shoves him out and slams the door in his face. She says, what a worry wart, and then she quietly puts away the radioactive waste she was giving <laughs> the babies. <laughs> and the only reason is because the Chucky's there. She doesn't want the other babies jealous. And he's too much of a weenie to drink radioactive <laughs> So, uh, after <laughs> Chucky tells them what he has to do with the potty. They're trying to make me use that instead of my diaper. <laughs> They go through a series of a very funny series of uh, solutions he could possibly do instead <laughs> of using it. Maybe you could put a lot of napkins in your pants and use them like a diaper. I tried it. Maybe you could poop in your room and hide it in your toy box. Tried it. Maybe you could just stop pooping altogether. Tried it. It's no use. No matter what I do, it looks like I'm going to have to be potty. Train. And then we must we have to note also that they're all just like disgusted at the thought of using or horrified at the thought of using something other than a diaper to go to the bathroom. <laughs> other than having their own shit smeared on their asses. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I like how uh, Chucky says, It's the worstest thing that's happened to me since my mom put me on the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. There's there's a couple Ma Chucky's mom references in this episode. So, so definitely yeah. before they considered that she was gone. Yeah. So so the worst thing that's happened to him since she put him on the bottle <laughs> is somewhere in between there is her death. <laughs> which she considered less significant. <laughs> he just can't remember because he's a baby. Yeah, they uh, didn't think of it yet. He still yeah, had yeah. a mom off screen. They're like, what are we going to do with her? It would have. I know we had we had uh, heard that there was the alternative of making them divorced. I'm curious what the show would have done with that. I mean, it's fine as it is, but it's just just a curiosity thing. It would have been a different thing. Like, I mean, like the death thing that only got like one episode with divorce. Yeah. She could have been a recurring character at the very least. You know, I was on YouTube the other day and I got recommended a video, an actual clip from Rugrats where Chucky and Chaz actually visit his mom's grave. Oh, wow. Is yeah. That in the, is that in the Mother's Day episode? Or no, no, it's not. It's it's something else. Because I, okay. I remember I had rewatched and like, I do not remember this at all. So it's definitely I, I want to say it's probably pre Kimmy. Like maybe that was just like setting it up and it's like, oh, we miss your mom. Oh, you're going to have a new mom or I, I, whatever the fuck they were thinking. I mean, it's it was a it was a by late Rugrat standards. It was a good little scene because it had some actual kind of emotional weight to it. Yeah. Something that I'm really starting to notice from these two segments is what I in my head am referring to as uh, transitional music, like little little jingles between scenes or like um, when Angelica 
listens in and hears that Chucky is uh, potty training. She's like, maybe I'll do what mommy did for me. Or I guess she's I guess she uh, berates him first. But there's like this uh, string or like uh, stringed bit of music in the background. That's like uh, like horror music or something. (laughs) (laughs) But then there are also little little bits between segments that is like that. If I jump back to Angelica berating him. Yeah. Everybody who's anybody is potty trained. So all the losers you've met in your life aren't potty trained. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And we are the official podcast of the potty trained. So we we exclude those who are not. (laughs) You hear that if you don't listen to us, you're a loser. And that means that you shit in a diaper. (laughs) Take him to work in your briefcase. <laughs> <laughs> Not even the president of the Benighted States can <laughs> the Benighted Stakes. Stakes. Okay. <laughs> as Bob is his witless too. A lot of great little uh, misspoken lines in this uh, this episode. That I think both of those kind of become not necessarily catchphrases, but they're recurring phrases. Yeah, uh, Bob. As Bob is my witless, definitely comes up uh i i just watched a cool, a cool hand angelica today and she says it in that one and that's like a season later yeah this one actually has like uh some similarities to the trial which i believe was also written by steve and joe and i'll I'll get more to that when specific circum- circumstances come up but just talking about like things showing up again made me think of it I think that's true. Um, I just wanted to say one little line before we got too far ahead of it. Whenever they they initially see the potty and they say, like, uh, Chucky says that he needs to go to the bathroom in it. They're like, (laughs) 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 but anyway, Uh, eventually Chucky has to go to the bathroom and uh, start screaming. Yeah, Dee Dee and Stu start rushing around. And this one, I noticed there was like some jaw harp music playing. And they were trying yeah. to, to get him to go up into the bathroom and do his business. Is that? I think that might be the first time I've heard the jaw harp in this show. I could be wrong, but... It's the first I've noticed. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't mean it's not there. But yeah, they eventually get Chucky all set up on the potty. And it's like, what, like three hours pass where he's just sitting there? And then Stu and Dee Dee eventually just fall asleep. <laughs> And when he doesn't go, Stu uh, tries to comfort Dee Dee or whatever and says, uh, a lot of kids <laughs> aren't party trained at two. Well, don't don't forget first that Chucky pees all over the floor. That's true. He, uh, <laughs> he sits on the toilet for hours, it seems. <laughs> I didn't actually count how, how far the clock hands moved. It was but... two or three hours. Yeah, he sat there. He's like, oh, I guess I don't have to go. Then he stood <laughs> up and pissed all over the floor. <laughs> Much better floor pissing scene than in the uh, commentary episode we just did uh, a couple weeks ago. But no, you're 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 right. Stu saying Stu's trauma returning here. He he learned he was potty trained late, and Lou bullies him. Two <laughs> shucks, we almost didn't get him into the Boy Scouts. Oh, pop. Why I remember the time me and the missus took the boys cross country in the old. And you hear him continue the story in the background uh, about like. <laughs> They like go on vacation in like a Winnebago or something like that. I want to hear the rest of that story. Yeah, I know. 
So, yeah, later in the night, uh, Chucky is spending the night uh, because Chaz is obviously out at some hotel for some reason. He's just done with Chucky right now. <laughs> <laughs> he needs time away. He's working out with his uh, or work trying to uh, make th- make up with his uh, his divorced wife, who is not a dead character yet. But in the middle of the night, uh, we get a great, great dream sequence from Chucky. Yeah, uh, where his crib transforms into a jail cell <laughs> and uh, they uh, they take him out to uh, go to the chair. The chair is waiting for you. And this is like the trial and that uh, <laughs> there's a line later on where he's like, not the chair, not the chair. <laughs> The best line from the trial. Yeah. Well, there's as they're they're like taking him through this like dungeon like maze of a prison there you see all these like horrible hardened. criminal adult yeah hardened criminals and huge diapers <laughs> like laughing because it's time for him to go and of course possibly the best part of the episode is irish priest tommy yes <laughs> is there anything i can get for you my son requests for you now. What do little people be thinking? (laughs) (laughs) Oh god, the best heart in criminal is that skinny guy with the big ears at the end. (laughs) I think he goes, or something like like that. (laughs) Tommy with like a part in his little hair. He's got like a collar. He's got sleepy eyes too. I'm just just imagining like, I I don't know why, but I I think it's in reference to another show. But watching this, I always expect him to pull out a little flask and like take a pull on it. But it's like, it's just some other cartoon that I can't think of what it is where there's like an Irish priest who like drinks from a flask and offers it to a main character. Oh God, Tommy has a prison chaplain saying <laughs> prayers over Chucky as he takes a shit in the toilet for the first time. <laughs> and Angelica's the executioner. I like uh, whenever she's like, <laughs> everybody's gotta go someday. And she's like, the way her hands are like going around in like a circle, the animation made me laugh. And then Chucky gets flushed down the big toilet after Angelica laughs maniacally. Uh, <laughs> Both this and the trial also had Angelica with like the most demented faces yeah. of the series, I think. <laughs> and there's also two references to capital punishment in the series. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Chucky, after he's flushed down the drain, wakes up and he's got to go. Yeah! <laughs> well, I really got to go. And he does. And the sound of it wakes Stu up. Yeah, and they uh, go and they congratulate him. Stu even punches him on the arm. <laughs> Way to go, Chucky, you little potty animal. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Angelica wets the bed. Hey, I had an accident. Oh, no. Stu, hurry. Angelica's wet her PJs. Not another one. <laughs> I just realized that Stu is in his same pajamas as the uh, Real or Robots episode. <laughs> Oh, with the buttons all off? Yeah. Yeah. The last parallel between the trial and this episode (laughs) is uh, 
disembodied clown ghost over the babies <laughs> at the very end. Only this one isn't isn't a isn't a broken clown lamp from heaven. This is just a happy lamp that's or happy lamp, a happy toilet that's been fed by Chucky. <laughs> Chucky killed it by pissing it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still happy because its purpose has been served or it has served its purpose. It doesn't have any unfinished business and it can go to heaven. <laughs> Actually, the the potty was already dead, and it just had unfinished business because no one had ever peed in it before. And now it can look back happily. Somebody killed a little poor little clown potty and sold it in the store. And it was embarrassed watching from heaven because it had to see a baby get inside of it. (laughs) That's not what I'm for. It was this close to haunting them. Put another baby inside me. I'm going to haunt you for life. (laughs) Make me look like I have a hairy, lumpy nose. No (laughs) way. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, good segment. I like both the segments from last week, but this spoiler alert, this is my favorite that we've seen so far from season two. I know we're we're only into two episodes, but I I love this one. Really, really good segment. So good. So they took like everything that didn't work from the trial and made it better. Yeah, it is like there's just a reframing of a lot of events. And it is again, it's Joe and Solaby here. So I wonder how conscious that was or it's just, you know, reworking your own stuff. It's like, oh, what if we put this spin on it? Be interested to find out. Should interview that guy if we can contact him. He was probably he's probably like laughing for like <laughs> months over the idea of the baby screaming, not the chair. <laughs> like We got to do that again. <laughs> and to be fair, a baby screaming, not the chair is an evergreen concept. Yeah, it's very funny. <laughs> so, again, good segment. But I have a question for you. Do you remember the last time that you wet the bed? Uh, I wet the bed. Probably somewhere in the realm of like six years old. Yeah. Where I had a dream that I had to go to the bathroom and uh, I ended up going in my sleep. Yeah. Like I thought I was peeing in the toilet. I still have that dream, but now I don't pee when I have it. Yes. Parallel to that. When I was in first or second grade, I had some kind of a dream about peeing. And woke up like soaking wet. Uh, Mom was furious. And ever since that incident, I will have dreams where I have to pee. And I'll wake up and I'm like, I'll I'll, I'll think to myself, please, God, don't let me have wet the bed. (laughs) (laughs) The way my pee dreams work is that I like. I dream that I have to pee and then I pee in the dream. I'm like, what the fuck? I still have to pee. And then it, I, I like lay there for an hour dreaming that I can't stop peeing. <laughs> These pee dreams are a ripoff. You remember uh, when I told you a long time ago, like when I was, uh, I don't know, probably when we first met and we always talked about stupid people that made us laugh. I told you about this dumb kid that lived next door to me. For a while, my cousin, my adult cousin, she was living with us maybe for like a summer or so. And, uh, you know, she and my mom would always like hang out on the porch. And uh, (laughs) this dumb kid, he came over to me one day and he says to me, hey, your dad got two wives. (laughs) 
This is one of the classic oh. Adam stories. And I don't know why. I think I'm getting it mixed up with another story. And actually, now that I'm saying it out loud, I know why. I always imagine this taking place in a car. But that involved your cousin's daddy outside pumping up the ass. (laughs) (laughs) My young cousin, uh, (laughs) he was in the car while his dad was pumping the gas. And (laughs) somebody asked him where his dad was. And he's like, he's outside pumping up the ass. (laughs) I had another little story. I forgot what I was going to say now, though. It's all the boozing. Adam can't remember the story because he's boozing. I can't remember five minutes ago because of the boozing. (laughs) You should see his room. It's just piles and piles of cans of beer that are empty. He just turned around to look when I said that. (laughs) Check to make sure they were out of shot, but they're not because he saw them. (laughs) And for some reason, they look like a bed and a guitar. He's just placed them in just such a way that you can't tell that he just keeps thousands of beer cans in his room. I smash them and make furniture out of them. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I may have told this story on the show before. I think I have, but I'll just tell it again. My very first job ever was working at a Big Lots. And this guy used to come in all the time. Super nice guy. uh, A little weird. Always wearing jean shorts and like a white wife beater, no matter what time of year it was. Like, I distinctly remember him coming in once in wintertime, like with snow blowing outside. And he was just wearing the wife beater and jean shorts and maybe even sandals. But anyway, he would come in and just like fill up like a giant shopping cart with pop bottles. And the only other thing I ever saw him to buy was like Christmas lights. And he came to tell me or he started telling me one day what good lamps the pop bottles made. Like, so he was just buying like he was just buying pop bottles to drink them to then to use the Christmas uh, Christmas lights as like the the bulbs for inside of it. And then he randomly mentioned something about having had brain surgery and somehow like my fucking pea brain had never noticed on one side of his head was an enormous, very obvious scar. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so maybe that hopefully the brain surgery gave him the uh, ability to make some great lamps out of pop bottles. Uh, Transitioning to another story about (laughs) a dumb guy. (laughs) To be fair, brain surgery guy guy wasn't a dumb guy. Not not his guy. I had the dumb kid. (laughs) And, uh, This story is when I lived in the first place that I can remember living in is the apartment in Pittsburgh. And my mom ordered my dad like one of those Time Life cassette tapes. This one was guitar rock. (laughs) She ordered him that. And there was a guy in our apartment building that used to go through other people's mail and steal like packages that were sitting out. Oh, man. And somebody had told (laughs) my mom that he was illiterate and... She told my dad, like, I ordered you this and I never got it. It was supposed to be here. And so they put two and two together, decided it was this guy going through people's mail. And um, they thought, well, maybe he's illiterate. So my dad drew a picture of a guitar rock tape and a fist. <laughs> and, an angry face. <laughs> and he taped it to the guy's door. And sure enough, like the next day, it was down by the mailbox. <laughs> it had been opened. It wasn't just delivered. Oh, I have never, in all the years I've known you, I've never heard the fist drive story. <laughs> the 
this is eventually communication is going to come back to this. You realize because of emojis, <laughs> the guitar rock emoji. <laughs> In the fist. Oh, that's tremendous. That reminds me of a story that you told me about. And I wonder if you learned something from this illiterate man. Didn't you and your friends as little kids used to steal mail and throw it in a basement in an abandoned building? <laughs> well, I'm going to stress that we were pretty young. <laughs> but we were running around the my cousin's neighborhood like hooligans. And like we'd be like, oh, cool, they've got mail. Let's grab it. We weren't trying to get anything out of the mail. We just wanted mail. And <laughs> it's cool to get mail. We took this mail. We took this mail and we threw it not in an abandoned building there was an abandoned house next door but instead of doing that we threw it in the little uh (laughs) little uh access to the basement you know it was like a little stairway to in the red shutter doors that open up we threw it down there and like i think we dumped oil on it i'm just imagining your little children brains being like well we got we wanted mail and we got it now what do we do i don't know let's pour oil on it We really got yelled at for that one. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have any moments uh, of childhood that were like exceptional, exceptionally hooligan like? We also used to dump (laughs) oil into this one house's air conditioner because there was a jumping spider in it and we thought we were feeding it. (laughs) (laughs) And then one week later, the house burned down. This isn't hooliganism, but I remember in summertime, my friends and I were typically allowed out to play like really, really late. Like I didn't really have a curfew or anything like I was generally the last one who came home because everybody's parents finally made them come, Uh, which is really funny because on the show, I think I've implied like that my mom is a very, very strict parent. But in some way, she wasn't at all like I was never restricted in the kind of content I could watch. Well, I mean, I guess like I wasn't allowed to watch like Beavis and Butthead or like South Park or anything. But like I remember seeing aliens for the first time when I was like three or four. And it's one of my favorite <laughs> movies. But anyway, like, and, oh, and, and in summertime, I'd be allowed out until whenever. But during a school year, I had to be in really early. So it was a weird balancing act. But anyway, we were out playing hide and seek one night. And we typically played in like one specific area. But then one night we're like, OK, let's expand the boundaries into like other people's backyards. And there was this this old Italian guy who like lived a little bit further. And it turns out was the father of the eighth grade geography teacher in my hometown. And like I went to run through his yard to like hide and he had like one of those <laughs> one of those auto sensor spotlights. So I got into his like I went into the yard and was like crawling through and it like turned on and I'm like bathed in light <laughs> and a window opens and this little old Italian guy sticks his head out and shakes his fist and says, Go home, go to sleep. <laughs> Okay, I've got one last story on my end, then, uh, of hooliganism that is uh, very, it's kind of similar. We used to go down, uh, no, it doesn't involve oil this time. <laughs> we used to go down the like uh, the alleyways around my apartment building that I grew up in, me and my cousins. And we found this like one house that had like a tree at the very end of it next to a garage. And we would climb up the tree onto this person's garage and sit like in the shade uh, and cover and we'd draw Ren and Stimpy pictures. <laughs> <laughs> and 
we would uh, she would always come out and yell at us to leave. We're like, why is this lady always coming out and bothering us? Draw <laughs> <laughs> red and stimpy. We made up this like character that had three ears that was like one of their brothers or something. <laughs> That's great. How, how dare her come and interrupt your graffiti? <laughs> we had paper. We brought paper and pencils. Oh, you weren't we even weren't... drawing on like a building? No, we were just sitting on top of her garage <laughs> on the roof of it under the tree and dry man you can't just you can't just go and draw ren and stimpy cartoons on someone's garage anymore there's always just gonna be some lady who comes and yells at you (laughs) now i see how that sounds like we were drawing pictures on her garage (laughs) (laughs) literally you were on top of her garage and drawing yes you folks out there like our stories of hooliganism quote unquote We'll try and think of more in the future. I think I have other occasions where I was yelled at by the Italian man. And I think most of the time it was go home, go to sleep. (laughs) He didn't like us being out so late in summertime. And in his yard. (laughs) And in his yard. (laughs) Anyway, so the second segment we watched for this week is Together at Last. Together at Last. After Dee Dee stupidly gifts Phil and Lil one toy instead of two, they start to fight over who gets to play with it first. When Betty notices them fighting, she agrees to send Lil over to play with Tommy and Chucky while leaving Phil home alone, possibly for the first time in his life. It turns out the twins can't stand being apart, and they go on separate adventures to find each other. Another good segment. Also, the bit in your description where they're fighting over the toy, which is a green Raptor doll. (laughs) Dee Dee and Betty are talking about it, and they just suddenly hear screaming in the background, and it's Phil and Lil going in a circle, tugging on this Raptor, just screaming. (laughs) You can buy twins just one thing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> They're just one person. No, my, my wife probably would not like that joke. She is a twin. You know, this. my cousins are twins, and I always refer to them as my dumb twin cousins. <laughs> yeah, I remember his dumb twin cousins. Yeah. I never met them. No, no, no. I haven't seen them since I was a little kid. Uh, I'm not that close with my family, but when I was little, I would tell stories about them. I need to think of some. I, I can't think of any offhand now, but they would always just be, I would always just call them my dumb twin cousins. And I eventually got to the point where I made a joke that each of them only had half a brain. <laughs> To be fair, they weren't the smartest kids, but <laughs> um, also they are the ones that when in public, if I was with them, people thought we were triplets for whatever reason. I apparently look a lot like them, although now that we're grownups, I believe they're very small and I'm pretty tall, but they are not. I think they come they come up to uh, meet you and they're like, you got one brain <laughs> <laughs> like uh, they have half brains, So you having one is more than is normal to them. It's weird to them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Twins. What's it like living with a twin <laughs> being married to one? <laughs> um, she's close to her sister, uh, talks to her a lot. That's uh, about it. They visit each other sometimes. So like when your wife's sister has visited, have you ever just like slept longer and you're woken up by screaming outside and they're tugging on a reptar doll like fighting <laughs> over it? times than you can imagine. (laughs) Adam's knife. Adam's knife. Adam's (laughs) knife is a very nice lady. 
Uh, Adam's wife is a very nice lady, and so is her sister. I, I, I don't think they would ever fight over a reptar doll like that. But you should ask her and see if she has any good stories, and maybe she can tell them on the podcast. <laughs> Once we get to another twin episode. So yeah, as the description of the episode goes, Lil is brought over to play with Tommy and Chucky, and Phil is alone for the first time. And as they're separated, they blow raspberries at each other. Yeah, and we get Larry and Steve again. Uh, yes. I think this is like one out of seven times. Something like that. I I was happy to see them again, but I must admit I was really, really disappointed to not hear the booba blues accompanying them. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're still doing an appropriately incompetent job as per their uh, usual season one ways. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, don't hire Larry and Steve to paint your house, Betty. there's this gags all throughout where the they're they're like wiping the paint off good thing we use such cheapo paint it comes right off (laughs) it's like it's like jesus how cheap is that paint (laughs) it's like uh water soluble (laughs) (laughs) they take lil over to tommy and chucky and uh tommy tries his hardest to make her feel bad about uh phil not being there you don't miss your own brother who you spend all your time with and who you always play with and who you always go everywhere with and who you never ever been away from in your whole life that's right and then just pause with like a little beat of music <laughs> they decide to go on a quest to get phil because they don't want Lilo to be alone and i will say i think i misremembered something in this episode i could have sworn when they were looking at the two different houses in the backyard trying to determine which one to go to to find Phil. I could have sworn there was a reference to one of the houses having the disgusting dog, but it is not there. That is somewhere. It is? Okay, so I'm not completely crazy and just misremembering. Yeah, I remember them saying uh, about the one house having a monster dog or something. I thought it was this episode as well, but it's not. He is also in the... uh, Special delivery? That's what it was called, right? Where uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like knocking down a fence and barking at the mailman. Yep. Yep. And there is a dog, I believe, next door in one of these season two or three episodes, like where the disgusting dog should be, but it's a completely different design. It's much more streamlined and less jowly. Maybe they put it on a diet. They got rid of the dog after it ate too many babies. <laughs> or They're Mr. Like Muckle Honey took it. Six babies is too much we can't train this dog (laughs) (laughs) we'll give it to mr muckle honey and make it a night guard for his toy factory (laughs) (laughs) yeah i just like i can't get over how bad of an idea it is to i mean fine they split up the twins for once because they weren't getting along and that's like reasonable enough but to send one of them to two friends and then leave one just completely alone. Yeah, that is a little weird. Although he does have Bill with him. <laughs> <laughs> Who is a, his uh, teddy bear. <laughs> he has a great little moment where Phil is trying to play with Bill. And he doesn't like to play roll the ball. And also, he can't even argue. No, you're the unfun one, Bill. Can't even argue. Yeah, Bill <laughs> is boring. That's what they should have realized before they left Phil with them. <laughs> They needed um, a Thorg doll. Thorg hungry! Thorg wanted! It cuts back to Edie in the kitchen cooking Chicken DeVille. Did you happen to look at this recipe? No, and I didn't see it. 
I think I, I was watching this in the background as I was doing something else, so I didn't get as many details on this second segment. So earlier in the episode, she gets some ginger root extract from yeah. uh, Betty. And I would assume this is Betty's recipe since it's called Chicken DeVille. But yeah. later on, she says, you got to try my chicken. So I don't know. But anyway, Chicken DeVille is 16 cut chickens, <laughs> one tablespoon of ginger root extract, two pounds of chocolate. <laughs> Eight ounces of sauerkraut, one can of anchovies, mix everything in a pan, simmer for five hours, cut in little cubes, and serve cold. Oh, oh. I'm going to make this someday. (laughs) That would be a great cooking episode of the podcast where we just try (laughs) to attempt to make this disgusting thing. I would scale down the recipe drastically. Yeah. divide everything by eight or something (laughs) (laughs) i'm not going to have like 16 chicken breasts (laughs) no cooking in for a gag it's kind of funny the ginger thing like i cook a lot of indian food so ginger is like essential and i definitely use way more than two tablespoons in a lot of that but it is ginger root extract so maybe it's like vanilla extract and it's just like extra strong or something (laughs) yeah like I like I, I will like mince it and like pulverize it. And so it's like a paste. I've never I'm, even seen ginger root extract. I don't know if it's if they do that or it's even like maybe maybe it was a thing because I mean, this I don't think it's that that uncommon to find ginger in grocery stores now. But this might just yeah. be a continued play on the whole like pickles, all the characters on the show being yuppies. Yeah. But anyway, they uh, they each each side decides to go look for the other twin and they pass each other in the fence <laughs> or through the fence without seeing each other. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> Bill comes out on the pickle side and finds Lil's bow and immediately assumes that Spike has eaten her. <laughs> On the way over, uh, I think this is the first time Larry or it's Steve is the chubby one. Yes. Uh, he gets covered in blue paint. And... Oh, smooth move, Larry. <laughs> oh, dude, you look like a Smurf. I wonder if that's the only Smurf reference in this show. I just think about the Smurfs now and associated with Michael Bell. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they probably like, see, Michael, we mentioned the Smurfs. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you were on that. You were on that stupid show. And he's like, ah, fuck that show. <laughs> oh, you getting a little grouchy with us? <laughs> <laughs> I hate little jokes. <laughs> what? No, first, first there's the, the blue paint. So he looks like a Smurf. Then there's green. And the obvious choice is to say Incredible Hulk. But he says Swamp Thing. Which, so I got to give them credit for that. And I do believe there was a Swamp Thing TV show on at this time. I believe you're right. Yeah, because I, I remember liking it as a kid. And my OCD apparently was even there as a little kid because I had a friend. I was at his house and Swamp Thing was on TV and he kept on calling him Swamp Man. And it <laughs> kept on progressively making me like angrier and angrier. I'm like, it's Swamp Thing, not Swamp Man. And to the point that I went to my mom and say, Mom, he won't stop calling it Swamp Man. It's Swamp Thing. And she totally turned against me. She's like, well, I guess he could be called Swamp Man. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he's technically a man in the swamp. <laughs> and 
I remember being very irritated about this. Don't you I'm... think he's more than a thing, Matthew? <laughs> <laughs> he's more than a man. He's connected to the swamp. This, this kid saying to you, Hey, Matthew, you want to watch Swamp Man? And I'm, I'm just like, <laughs> I'm getting angry. <laughs> and when I get angry, my fingers curl. <laughs> oh, what the fuck happens next? <laughs> so he asks uh, Spike to throw Lil up. Phil and Lil and Tommy and Chucky go over to Phil and Lil's house. Betty comes in when she hears Lil crying and Tommy and Chucky hide. She picks up Lil, who is missing her bow, and uh, she starts calling her Phil. And this is like another parallel. Yeah, this is like (laughs) a parallel to the uh, beauty contest episode (laughs) where the babies can tell it's Lil without the the gendered clothing. Yeah. Like, why is she calling Lil Phil? (laughs) (laughs) The adults on the show are just idiots. You know, one thing I didn't notice as a kid, but I've noticed since we started doing the podcast is, and everybody else has probably noticed this, but Phil and Lil's ears are different. And that's the easiest way to tell them apart. They're different from each other? Yes. Like Phil has round ears without any distinct earlobes and Lil has very distinct earlobes. I'm looking it up right now. Oh, don't show me images from the new show or after season three. (laughs) What is this crap? So I'm glad that you hadn't noticed it. (laughs) Well, I'm being I'm being referenced a book on eBay, like a little golden book style thing. That's Rugrats. Phil and Lil go to the doctor and it's Lil with a stethoscope to Phil's chest. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Phil has the rounded ears and she has like distinct earlobes. She has the lobes for business. Females are not allowed to earn profit. (laughs) (laughs) They're actually fraternal twins and her father is a Ferengi. (laughs) So does that mean Howard is secretly a Ferengi or he's just like the loser that's there? (laughs) That just, that reminds me of uh, a line that I really wanted to... line of this segment i'm just imagining like and, and when he said that or when, when, whichever one of them said that i imagined them like talking about it whether or not it's cotton candy <laughs> <laughs> no it's a cloud <laughs> <laughs> i think it looks more like yarn <laughs> i think it's a missed opportunity that we don't see howard in the show or in this show in this episode howard isn't in the show enough he, he is like the Probably the least featured parent. But when he's there, he makes it count. (laughs) Yeah, Phil Proctor was just busy, I guess. (laughs) No, I don't know. So yeah, there's a race against time. Back back to the show. There's a race against time for the babies to get back to their original spots. I just wanted to point out how weird it would be if Betty came out and she saw Tommy and Chucky over there (laughs) when they weren't supposed to be. (laughs) (laughs) Or how weird would it be if... Even beyond that, if she actually noticed that it was Lil and not Phil, and she just like wonders if she's going nuts. Or if she sent Phil over and didn't realize it. <laughs> just it's like, boy, I'm going nuts here. That's my horrible Betty voice. <laughs> she hasn't had enough Java for the day, so she starts losing her mind. Or maybe it's like in Futurama where she's had so much like Fry where she transcends, but instead of transcending and saving people, she just goes nuts. <laughs> So, yeah, anyway, uh, Betty brings Lil back over to the Pickles house and Phil and Lil see each other and promptly charge towards 
They charge towards each other happily. <laughs> they they make up at the end of the episode and then they make the comment next time don't start a fight and they begin a fight anew and that takes us to the end of the second segment oh i think both of these segments were better than last week's but not that last week's were horrible but both of these were improved I, as I re- referred to earlier, Chucky and the Potty is my favorite of these so far. So I'll just go out and say it's my favorite of season two so far. I'll keep a tally as we go f- forward in the season. But I think together at last might be my least favorite so far. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. It didn't really oh, stick so with me too so much. So you like it less than Toy Palace and... Uh, Whatever the other one was. <laughs> Sandho. Uh, maybe I like it more than Sandho. I'm not sure. Okay, so it's in third place. Yeah, let's say it's in third place. But yeah, good segments. The The formula for season two is definitely more and more obvious. Yeah, and the babies aren't as... They're as weird looking, but they don't do as many weird in-between drawings of them. I wonder if they had kept the anime... Whoever the animators were from the first season for the season two and three, if it would have felt as strange like with the keep the same storylines but the same I, I, the animation is just weirder in season one i don't know if it's because it's rougher or what they do with it or what but yeah i'm guessing it's just more stand i bet you like between seasons they just standardized things and i, I want to like, say they got a different animation company i don't remember where i saw this but i'll have to research I mean, it you mean like a an overseas uh like Som- finishing something Cause, something because it because, I mean, it's like it's classy Chupo throughout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're right. It's it's not as detailed as season one. So this again, the streamlining thing, probably quicker to put episodes together. And season two and three do have way more episodes than season one. I think each one has twice as many. Yeah, I think season two is, I think, the longest of the three. Um, I don't remember how many are in season three, but I think season two like is like 50 some segments season two has 26 full episodes so that would mean what 52 and season three also has 26 episodes oh so it's the same but yep. maybe there's more uh full length episodes who knows yeah season three is where they start inter- introducing like passover and christmas and that sort of thing so, yeah, season two and three are each 26 and combined with season one that takes them to the magic. Uh, I believe 65 episodes is the magic number for syndication or was at the time. But it never got syndicated anywhere other than Galodian that I know of. Or maybe, uh, you know what, you're right. I may, I believe that is the number for syndication, but it might be that... They wanted to reach a certain number of episodes where they could air it like so that X amount of time would go by and they wouldn't replay the same episode every day. It'd be a different episode every day. Something like yeah. that. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I think you're right about like they do that with the syndication and that probably was a driving force also. Yeah. For this, but it just never ended up being syndicated. Yeah, like cable shows tended to be different. They didn't want to like license it out to other companies as much. Yeah. Anyway, so what are we watching next week? Next week, we are watching the segments. That's the wrong season. Next week, we are watching the segments, the big house and the shot. Oh, those are both good ones. Oh, and I get to talk about Hannibal Lecter some more. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we went a whole episode without talking about cannibalism. 
that the episode, the big house, I think is one of the first episodes that does a good job of introducing like one time characters. There's like yeah. a lot of great characters that Tommy interacts with. Anybody need a diaper? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Bob. I changed the diapers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, we um, thank you, as always, for tuning in to our dumb podcast that we love so much and we hope you love as well. We'll see you next year. We'll see you next year. (laughs) We'll see you next year. (laughs) We're going to wait. We're going to wait five months until we do the next episode. Uh, No, we'll see you next week uh, here on Because I've Lost Control of My Life. Hopefully I will have found my mind. Like what you heard? Tune in Sundays at 7 p.m. to all of your favorite podcasting platforms or go to lostcontrolpod.com for new episodes of Because I've Lost Control of My Life. You can also email us at lostcontrolpod at gmail.com. That's lostcontrolpod at gmail.com. Make you hungry. I'm like Angelica because I'm eating a cookie. <laughs>